Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad to have you with us. And we want to give a special shout-out to one of my favorite places on earth, Cody, Wyoming. Coral and Cody, Wyoming is listening, and we're so glad to have you. Uh, we will look forward to when you can come and visit us in person. We are fun and we eat well. That's what we do. It's not all of what we're about, but I have to say shout-out to Miss Charlotte as well. She made homemade chicken pot pie, and it was amazing. It was amazing. As always, the deviled eggs, Miss Gloria, they're awesome. We have to tear them up every single time. It happens. There's pie, there's chips, there's you name it, we got it. So and we're just uh, another shout-out to uh, Angie and, and to Sean and, and, uh, and to Charlie and Marianne. They're, they're with them. What's that? Linda and Susan, they're enjoying fireworks tonight at Longwood. So got rained out last night, so they're going to enjoy that tonight. So I'm sure we'll see beautiful photographs. And so we just, uh, we just appreciate all of you. It's a unique place. This is a unique thing, our Kehala. Great to have you back, Jerry. We've missed you, definitely and for sure. We've uh, every week, everybody's. Where's Jerry? Is Jerry okay? I said no. He said, I think he's all right. He's just working hard. So we're uh, we're glad to have you. And I see in your hand is that a complete Jewish Bible? Yeah, this fellow gave it to you. I'm glad of it. Hey, listen. So audience, before I get started, because once I get on this roll, it's going to be all over for the shouting. Um, we give away Bibles. So if you are somewhere in the country, last week, by the way, 211 thousand listeners for Sunday. Two hundred eleven thousand. So that's awesome. And just when we hit that, we're gonna be changing platforms. But check me out on social media, uh Facebook.com backslash SM Greener, at the Ninja Pastor on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on all those. Contact me directly at smgreener at gmail.com, the ninjapastor.com, go there. All the details will be there come along about Wednesday. We did a contract today with Spreaker. And so we are co-broadcasting, we think, on both of those, uh, but you'll have all of those. We're just giving it a kind of a test run tonight, see how it goes. And uh, the thing we're super excited about is is we're going to have the app developers develop an app for Android users and iPhone users. So if no matter which phone you have, all you'll have to do, now you have to follow me in order to get the app. If you download the app for free, it doesn't cost you a dime. So it'll be really, really awesome. So let me let me just say this first of all, uh, and and this is what this is what um, really motivated me to do this particular message tonight. It's 
President Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, did a National Day of Prayer, September 3rd, today, for Hurricane Harvey victims in Texas and Louisiana, uh, and for the responders, the first responders, uh, the, the people affected, the first responders, and then also this Cajun Navy, folks. What can you say about these people? It's absolutely amazing. Um, so we want to we want to give a shout out for that. And so that the fact that the president of the United States, we're doing this. We're we're going to have a national day of prayer. Uh, he didn't say we're going to have a national day of meditation, a moment of silence, any of that. He said we're going to have a national day of prayer. And faith leaders from all over the country came together, uh, and all over the country, and churches all across the country, they they had events, uh, prayer events, and uh, you know there was a lot of Christians who decried. Uh, Donald Trump and said, you know, no, he's the wrong guy. He's the wrong guy, but he's proving to be the exact right guy. And I love, I love what he's doing. It's just awesome. So um, sacred blessing, sacred nation blessing. So that got me thinking about, you know, our nation is going through a lot of trouble. We, it's arguable, by the way, hello to Alaska, upstate New York, um, Alabama, roll tide. We've got some folks from Ohio, folks from Florida. Got a couple people from Texas. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We're praying for you. Uh, it's it's uh, awesome to see. Is it not? Can we, the live audience here, can we not agree that Texas, there's a reason why when you go to Texas, you just about halfway want to stay because Texans are altogether different. Texans first and then Americans. And I love how they help each other out. There's no color. Uh, there's there's none of that. It's just all about helping out. Now, one of the issues they're having now, you have to really pray about this, are looters. Uh, and now the looters have gotten boats and they're robbing people. They've just lost everything and they're in the boat and they're robbing them at gunpoint. This is literally happening. So uh, we pray that that gets shut down. Speaking of that, there's more good stories than there are bad. Uh, but the folks there are in a real tough time. And it's tens of thousands of houses. I think the last count was 60 to 120,000 houses, they think, are ruined. Uh, and about three-quarters of that, about 74% of it, don't have flood insurance because they weren't in the floodplain and they couldn't get it. So it's all lost. Your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you for a flood. If you don't have flood insurance, you're sunk. So it's a bad situation economically and otherwise. So let me say this. Wednesday's show, go to blogtalkradio.com uh, backslash the Ninja Pastor, or if you're on my social media or you go to theninjapastor.com, go there. Listen to Wednesday's show. Listen to this show first. Pete's sake, people. Don't be doing it now. Um, about 100,000 people just put me on ignore to listen to Wednesday's show. We had, we had Dave Perkins on. You guys know Dave. He's phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal. Personal friends of Jerry and I, we spent some time with him out in Arizona and uh, just a great guy, Blaze Radio uh, personality and a national radio personality for a long time, and a great, great humanitarian. And he happens to live right in Houston, and he gave a phenomenal report uh, right at the top of the show. And then we had this guy on named – I just met this guy, Aaron Conrad. I'm telling you, that was one of the funnest interviews. I think Sebastian Gorka was probably my favorite uh, funnest interview, which he's going to be on again, by the way. We've been talking back and forth. He will be on again um, now that he is – free from the reins of the, you know, press limitations. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. But Aaron Conrad was on. He, he works with uh, Bo Jackson, you know, Bo Jackson, the superstar athlete. 
And um, so, but he he is a father and a and a husband and a friend and a brother. Absolutely amazing guy, and what fun to interview him. And I think you're going to love it. It's very uplifting. You're going to love that. So listen to listen to Wednesday's show. We would love to have you do that. So tonight I'm going to speak about the removal of our sacred blessing. And I'm going to go kind of fast, but I'm going to speak openly. I'm going to speak clearly. I'm going to speak boldly about what to me is clearly the reason why the blessing has been removed. What can we do about it now? Much. We can do a lot. It's, it's not over yet. I think we can do a lot, but we have to get moving. This is really important. So one of the measuring sticks is a lone human being. I'm just one guy, right? This is, I'm just saying this for me. Reverend Dr. Sean Greener, the Ninja Pastor, this is just me talking, not anybody else. But I think one of the measuring sticks is a lone human being that I personally use to determine the right thing to do is I ask myself, no kidding, what would the Jews do? Not joking. What would the Jews do? Here's the thing. The, the Hebrew nation has been heralded as the example of rightness and resilience since the times of our founders. Most people don't know that. A great man once said of the Hebrew people, I will insist the Hebrews have contributed more to civilized men than any other nation. If I was an atheist, atheist I, and I believed in the blind eternal faith, I should still believe that fate had ordained the Jews to be the most essential instrument for civilizing the nation. They are the most glorious nation that ever inhabited the earth. The Romans and their empire were but a bubble in comparison to the Jews. Tonight I want to identify an issue that has been grating on my mind for quite a while. It really, really has. Um, and, and I really have to thank uh, several, at least a couple really great people, great teachers and great men, um, because they really helped me kind of put my thoughts together and isolate what was really grating under my skin, uh, and, but, but also while presenting a very real solution. The first is Dr. Jim Garlow. You guys all know who he is, world-famous guy, uh, really amazing pastor, uh, great speaker. He travels all over the country every week speaking. He's written a bunch of books, all bestsellers. He's really an extraordinary guy. And then the next guy is one of my professors and my friend, Dr. Skip Moen. Well, friends to a lot of us here. He's spoken here live, uh, and, and he was really a very difficult professor, let's be honest. Um, though they were in, instrumental in the formation of it, and so you'll see a lot of them in the thread. So why is Israel a country, they're only the size of New Jersey. I hope you guys know that. How many knew that Israel, the way they're talked about in the Middle East uh, by, their, by their Arab neighbors, you'd think that they were the you know, size of the United States times 10. But no, they are the size of New Jersey. Um, why is this country, Israel, why are they so openly and freely, and I have to say, self-righteous indignation, with such self-righteous indignation, vilified by nearly every press outlet, almost every college, private institutions, private organizations, even to include many churches and houses of faith and worship. Yet, Israel is literally one of the greatest countries ever known to man. They've contributed more to science, more to medicine, more to agriculture, and beneficial inventions and culture to ever exist. Now, that's not hyperbole. That is an actual statement. Finance, I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Medicine, music, cannabis, by the way, you know, it's the new thing in the United States, which, and they're 
amazingly healing a lot of people and helping a lot of people, cannabis 25 years ago in Israel was on the leading edge, and now they're teaching the nations about how to use that as a medicine. Absolutely unbelievable. Israel was the first country, by the way, how many of you know this, Hurricane Harvey hit, and before the last drop of rain fell, Israel was on the phone with our president saying, what do you need? How can we help? We'll be there in any way that you need us. First one to offer their support. First one. You'll notice Black Lives Matter. We haven't heard anything from them. Antifa, we haven't heard anything from them. They're, you know, folks are looting. They got them on film, and it's just unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. But Israel is awesome. We can, we can agree with that. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Remember what I just read to you, that very uh, articulate statement? That wasn't me talking. That was, that was I was reading the words of, of one of our great founders, John Adams. That's what he said about Israel. For the fun of it, let me ask you one more question. Why in the world does our population, much of our population, here in the United States of America, so disregard and disrespect Israel and our Jewish brothers and sisters? Now, for us to say that that doesn't happen would be a lie. We would be lying to ourselves, and we would be lying to each other, and really and truly, we would be lying to the world if we didn't accept the fact that there are many, many people in this country that are so completely anti-Zionist, anti Semitic, anti-Jew, that it is a huge population of people that, for whatever reason, hate the Jewish people. Now, I'm going to tell you, my esteemed former professor, Dr. Moen, Dr. Skip Moen, skipmoen.com, if you, look, if you subscribe to nothing else, I want you to subscribe to all my stuff. It's all free, and it's cool, and it's awesome. Dr. Skip Moen, go there. He will blow your mind on a daily basis, will he not? Amen? So we, so he wrote this, Where We Live Now, by Skip Moen, August 29, 2017. Now I'm going to buzz all through this. Scripture in Ephesians 6.12 goes this way. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me say this. I started to say this, and I got sidetracked. We've given away so far, I think over the week, uh, week and a half, two weeks, five Bibles. So when you contribute to this ministry, that's what we do with it. We do it, keep this show on the air and pay our expenses, do what we need to do with that. And we, it's, I just started doing it not that long ago. I used to give them away personally, you know, one-on-one. Hey, do you have a Bible? And I love giving people a good Bible. You know, I don't want to give them a junkie Bible. Give them a really good Bible for the rest of their life. And we've been very fortunate. And what I'm interested in, we sent one to Finland. I've never ma- mailed anything to Finland, but they have the craziest address. So when I walked up to the, uh, the U.S. Postal Service guy, because you can mail media, you can, you guys know that trick? Mail media. Tell them it's media. And it's, it's one-third the price because he first tells me how much it is, and he says it's $38. I'm like, what? $38 to mail it? Is that the slowest way to go? Or is that on, like on a burrow or something? What is, you know, let's do that because 38 bucks. And he goes, well, you should think about doing media. I said, Dude, what, how much is media? He said, it's 8 I said, does it get there in a year? What? He goes, no, it'll be there in about 10 days, maybe sooner. But he says, this address you have here, this is – I've never even seen an address. It's the craziest address. It's just wild looking. And I don't know how it's ever going to get there, but I was writing the address out, and I emailed the guy. I think it's a guy. I don't know. The name was kind of ambiguous. Yeah, he was a fan, and, and, and uh, he was a fan, yeah. And so I, I typed it out, and then I took it there, and I showed the guy. This is exactly what he told me. 
And, uh, you know, he said, okay, we'll punch it in. He goes, hey, it's a real place. So we sent that. That was cool. That's the farthest away. So Finland, very near Russia, just so you know. Anyway, the powers. An idolatrous culture is one that sees reality in terms of impersonal forces. A Jewish culture is one that insists, this is Dr. Moen, by the way, that insists on the ultimate reality of the personal. Now, uh, Doc, you guys know I talk a lot about Avraham uh, Heschel. He's a great philosopher, um, Jewish philosopher. He's gone now. Uh, the saying that I repeat all the time is something sacred hangs in the balance of every moment. That's a Heschel saying. But Heschel said this, what I just said here. Doesn't Heschel's statement perfectly summarize where we live? There's a fellow by the name of Maurice Eliade noted that these circumstances are entirely the result of modern man. Not that ancient man wasn't idolatrous. He was, but he was idolatrous with regard to the sacred. Sounds crazy, I know. We'll go a little further here. Modern man is idolatrous because he denies the sacred. Let me say that again. Modern man is idolatrous because he denies the sacred. The man of the archaic societies tends to live as much as possible in the sacred or in close proximity to consecrated, consecrated objects. This is the man of archaic societies. This is societies long ago. The tendency is perfectly understandable because for primitives, as far as for the man of all pre-modern societies, the sacred is equivalent to a power. And in the last analysis, to reality, in comparison with the experience of the man without religious feeling of the man who lives or wishes to live in a de... Now, remember, we're talking about sacredness, the sacred, denying the sacred. So the opposite of that, uh, a desacralized world. It should be said at once that the completely profane world, the holy desacralized cosmos, is a recent discovery in the history of the human spirit. Desacralization pervades the entire experience of the non-religious man of modern societies, and that, in consequence, he finds it increasingly difficult to rediscover the existential dimensions of religious man in the archaic societies. When the Bible rails against idolatry, it does not have modern man in view. Its polemic is aimed at the ancient societies that worshipped other gods, that is, societies that had the wrong objects of worship. These societies still believed in the sacred, but they were mistaken about the true God, but they had gods. Modern man is unique in the history of the world. He has sent God into exile. He has abdicated the spiritual world. And, and taking a pause here from Dr. Moen's writing, phenomenal, by the way, absolutely. Listen, there's truth to this that all of us can identify with. The schools, we've taken prayer out of schools. We've said, we've said and we've allowed the, except Islam. Now Islam, they can have prayer rooms. They've got to make a prayer room. They've got to be a certain square footage. You've got to have all this stuff. But Christianity, the worship of the Judeo-Christian God, can't do that. We can't do that. A coach who was sanctioned, he was sanctioned for praying with his team, a football team, at the end of the game, not forced prayer, but they just gathered in the center field and prayed. He got in trouble for that. He was, he was or, uh, suspended for a while, and then, and then he said, okay, whatever, okay, I won't do it. The kids still wanted to pray, told, you know, he'll forfeit the game. Nobody made a claim, by the way. It was the, it was the, it was the, um, the school board that was complaining about this. So his resolution was, at the end of the game, he would just take a knee for just a, a few seconds and thank God by himself, by himself, take a knee. 
he has now been, I believe he's pending termination for violating the spirit of the demand. Can you believe that? So we can't argue. Listen, uh, we sent God into exile. We, and you say, we, not me. I didn't do that. But listen, so much goes on in this world that is, is de-Christing the world, de-Godding the world, de-sacralizing the world, that we sit quietly and peacefully and obediently, not obedient to God, but obedient to man, and we allow it to happen. And it's tragic. It's very sad. We do it. He has abdicated the spiritual world. This is the modern man. You might object to that religion plays a vital part in modern man's culture and society. You might remark about the growth of non-denominational churches or the renewal of Catholicism. But this is to miss the point. When it comes to daily practice, the modern man lives in a world that operates by forces, not a personal God. This will get you. We're concerned with the forces of nature that affect climate change. The economic forces that affect trade, the political forces that shape policy, the moral and ethical forces that govern interpersonal relationships. In fact, we spend an enormous amount of time and money trying to control these forces in order to bring some semblance of survivability to our world. Today, my buddy uh, Wes here, uh, he sent me a video. You guys know I love being around animals that can kill me. I know. It's crazy. I didn't say I was sane. I just said I'm here. I just said I'm present. I didn't say present and sane. I like it. I like being out wilderness. I like being around them. Well, there's this video of this bear that very briefly but very clearly attacked an archer who was hunting. Now, I don't know if he was hunting bear, but that bear was having none of it. And it was a good-sized bear. That bear ran him down, smacked him onto his back, kind of stood over him for a little bit, made his point, and then the archer, the hunter, said, maybe today is not the day for hunting, and went home. I don't know where he went, but he, he yeah, do laundry. That was what he was going to do. Uh, now, I, I love that. I love that. I didn't want to see anything bad happen to the guy, but that's how nature works. And that's my point here. Nature doesn't give a, a, a rat's behind about you. Nature doesn't. You know what nature will do? It will kill you. I have a friend that's moving to Sitka, Alaska. Now, she's tough. Darla, we call her Daisy on the police department. She was a, I don't know if I was one of her uh instructors or what in the academy, I don't know, but Darla's awesome. Bodybuilder, powerful, you know, beautiful, funny, smart, awesome cop. She was, and let me tell you what, go ahead and mess with Darla, because Darla pushes more weight than most men do. She, Darla could lift some weights now. She was bodybuilder, competitive, all that stuff. And so, but Darla is going to Alaska. She's going to move to Alaska. And I love it. I absolutely love it. If anybody I can look at and say, Darla's going to make it to Alaska because she gets it. Nature doesn't give a hoot about you. Nature will kill you. In Alaska, there's all kinds of animals that will kill you. In Alaska, the temperature will kill you. I remember the first, I think, first time I went to Australia. And we went out. We went out. I mean, we went out. And the first thing the instructor or the, the guide told us was, listen, you've got to understand, very strong. I won't do an Aussie accent or I won't stop. I'll just get started on I won't stop. I'll preach the whole sermon in Australian accent. You won't like it. Or maybe you will. So the point is, this guy says to me, and he was a real crocodile Dundee type of dude, except he wasn't very tall. But his skin was leather. I, I don't think I could have cut it with a bowie knife. It's, that's how thick it's been out in the sun all the time. And he, and he says, to, there was three of us there, and he says, listen, Australia is beautiful, but it'll kill you. I mean, intentionally, it'll it'll come to kill you. Today it's going to be. Uh, they don't say temperature the same way we do, but 129. And I said, 129 what? 
He says, degrees, where we're going, it's going to be 129 degrees. I said, now, is this some special Australian temperature guide thing that converts to 080 or 90 and showing greener temperature? He goes, no, you will temperature. I converted it for you because you Americans are stupid. You know, you don't know. I said, oh, 129 degrees. I don't know that I've ever been 129 degrees. Well, I soon found out it's hot. 120. People die regularly, regularly going out there. It took us several hours to get there, and I'm going to tell you what. We passed maybe four people, literally. And those four people looked like they could survive an apocalypse. I mean, they were really, really serious people, tough people. But the bottom line is nature will kill you if it's not the animals. So nature is but, – but here's the thing. We as a people are so arrogant that we're concerned. My man is concerned with all of these things. Now, I'm not saying I'm not advocating – uh, any look, I love being outside. No, nobody loves being outside more than me. I love it. I love being outside. I love doing everything. By the way, hello to we got folks listening in North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. I think I know who that might be in Georgia. Uh, and we've got somebody on a mobile in Ohio. That's awesome. Thank you for listening. It's awesome for you to listen. I love that. So my point here, what I want to establish is. For the first time in all of history, modern man says, let's, extingu let's, extinguish, let's extinguish God, and let's live in the fear that nature will extinguish us. Well, that's not a fear, a rational fear. Why? It's not a fear. It's a reality. Nature can extinguish us. You go to certain places, certain conditions. Look at what happened in uh, Houston. Look what happened in Texas. That's nature, folks. That's not mad. That's nature. Nature extinguished. At this point, I think it's up to 40 lives. Nature extinguished 40 lives. That's a reality. We don't have to fear that as some thing. But as far as climate change and the things like this, they want to de-God. Let's de-God the creator. Let's worship creation. Let's nullify the creator. But here's the thing. And maybe, maybe the Apostle Paul, he was on the cusp of this uh, seismic shift. Rome is the – this is back to Dr. Moen. Rome is the first – this will resonate with you, by the way. Rome is the first modern civilization. Because realize that, right? Rome was the first modern civilization. It is still the most powerful political, social, military, economic model today. This world, the world of the controllers, is but an extension of Rome. And in Rome, belief mattered very little as long as it didn't interfere with finances. Man, Dr. Mullen called it right to the quick, didn't he? As long as it didn't. Listen, in Rome, what you believed didn't matter as long as you didn't mess up the money. We know any place like that today? Are we living in virtually the same world despite our religious institutions? Peter Lightheart observed that modern Christianity is nothing more than institutionalized worldliness. It is Rome ensconced in the sanctuary. Perhaps Paul isn't pointing us to that mysterious spiritual warfare that we're so quick to acknowledge. Perhaps when he exhorts us not to be conformed to the schema of this world, he is really writing about the beginnings of modern man. And we are the offspring inheriting the whirlwind. Let's face it, our culture is idolatrous. Not because its religious institutions fail to honor the Hebrew God, Yahweh, but because even its religious institutions operate as if the world is controlled by powers that men must overcome. The world is no longer sacred. 
It is no longer an exhibition of divine creativity. It is an algorithm waiting to be manipulated, and we are diminished by the loss of the personal. I'm telling you, Dr. Moen, skipmoen.com, a word a day, it's amazing. So the conclusion is clear. This is me. So the conclusion is clear, and it could be summed up by the common country saying, now I'm country, you all know I'm country, Sussex County born and bred, ain't nothing sacred anymore. Ain't nothing sacred anymore. You look around today and you see that there is almost nothing sacred. The answer has to be to that country saying, ain't nothing sacred anymore. The answer is no, it really isn't. Nothing really is sacred. Nothing really matters to many in the general American and global society anymore, except in Israel. Yom Hazkron and Yom Hashoah in Israel. Everything stops for those two observances. Everything stops, including traffic. Everything stops. The full name of the day commemorating the victims of the Holocaust is Yom Hashoah V'Hagafarua. Literally, the day of remembrance or the remembrance of the Holocaust and the heroism. It is marked on the 27th day of the month of Nisan, a week after the seventh day of Passover, and a week before Yom Hazikaron, Memorial Day for Israel's fallen soldiers. When the 27th of Nisan falls on a Friday or Sunday, Yom Hoshoa is shifted a day to avoid conflicting with the Sabbath. The Hebrew calendar is so fixed that the 27th never falls on the Shabbat itself. Yom, I mentioned this really quickly. I just want to tell you what that is. Yom HaZikron uh, is literally Memorial Day in Hebrew. In full, uh, it is, and I'm going to masker this, Yom HaZikron il kalilei ma'asherot Yisrael yudnifgel perot ha'iva. I maskered that. I'm very sorry. Uh, Memorial Day for Fallen Soldiers of Israel and Victims of Terrorism. It is Israel's official Remembrance Day, enacted into law in 1963. While Yom HaZikaron has been traditionally dedicated to fallen soldiers, commemoration has also been extended to civilian victims of terrorism. Part of what makes Israel so exceptional, folks, is its continued appreciation and observance of all things sacred. This is what makes Israel so dramatically different than any other nation in the world, including the United States of America. There was a time, not that long ago, where Israel and the United States, in terms of observing the sacred, were of one accord. This is partly why Israel is always in the crosshairs of those godless and atheistic, secular, politically correct society of fluffy, genderless males who don't care to be men and leftist women who are offended to be identified as a woman. This bleak description, I will tell you, extends to many Protestant and Catholic churches in the United States. My assessment also, and perhaps more importantly, extends to the pastors, or whatever they're calling themselves these days, who are more concerned with appearing hip, trendy, and cool, and popular, and loved by their audience than they are with being accurate, and otherwise godless society toward the empty tomb. They're more concerned with popularity than guiding an otherwise godless society. The money. The money. The money drives everything. The sacredness of Scripture and accurate theology in many churches nowadays is so diminished in favor of popularity and Here's a term for you, cultural relevance. Now let's go back to Israel. In the age of so many churches, pastors, 
at the helm. They're backing off of publicly supporting Israel because it's no longer chic to do that. It's more popular to support Hezbollah or Hamas and the like. These same skinny jeans-wearing pastors are ignoring Scripture in the process, and at the same time, they are foisting damnation upon their congregations. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 in the complete Jewish Bible. Now Adonai said to Avram, get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you are to be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, but I will curse anyone who curses you. And by you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, you need to understand a little bit about this statement and idiomatic speech within the, the Hebrew culture, language, and community. When God is saying, I will bless those that bless you, who is he speaking of? He's speaking to Avram or Abraham, but who is he speaking of? <coughs> Israel. He's speaking of Israel. Because who is Israel? Who is Avraham? Avram. Abraham. He is He is Israel. He is representing Israel. God has said, Go away from what you know. You will be this. How amazing. Uh, let me ask you this. Where did God send his son to live among us? To be the man who would live 33 years and then take upon his shoulders all the sins of the world, yours and mine? Where? Where did he send Jesus? <coughs> That's right. He sent them to Israel. Now let me ask you this next question. Where will God, when Yeshua, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords returns, where will he establish his kingdom? New York City? Detroit? Los Angeles? Chicago? Minneapolis? Miami? Philadelphia? Denver? I know, I'm only guessing American cities. So let's, let's, let's add to this. How about London? How about Paris? How about Athens, Greece? How about Berlin, Germany? How about Mecca, Saudi Arabia? No, he won't be there. He won't be there in any of those countries. It won't be there that Christ comes. Won't be any of those cities. Won't be any of those countries. God will establish his kingdom in Jerusalem, Israel. Israel, the only country in the world that still respects the sacred. For the first time in eight years, we are led by a president who believes in the living God. Not just talk, but put his mouth into action, and he puts his actions into action. Not just talk. We're led by a president who believes in the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This president, Donald J. Trump, boldly declared this day, September 3rd, 2017, as a national day of prayer for the victims of Hurricane Harvey, the first responders, and all of the amazing volunteers who dropped everything. I want you to think about this. These volunteers, many of them are victims themselves. Many of them, as being interviewed, the people say, well, where are you from? Where did you come from? Oh, I'm three streets over. Wait, you're in this boat here, and you're going and picking up people? Yeah, I lost my house, but I still have my boat and my motor and some gas, so I figured I'd just run around my neighborhood and help people get them to safety. Well, hold on. I remember Griff Jenkins, who I know personally, awesome, awesome human being. He's the sweetest man. He really is a great guy, an unbelievable surfer, by the way. He would say he's average, but he's not average. He's awesome. Griff Jenkins is in the boat with this guy, and Griff 
it's tough. He's been all over war. Oliver North says, Colonel Oliver North says, Griff Jenkins is the toughest man he's ever met, military or otherwise. And Griff got all steamy-eyed. He says, you're telling me that you've lost your home. Where's your family? He says, oh, I took them to one of the shelters, and we had some friends, and they took them in a little bit up further, a little bit further north, and so they're okay now. But you came back here. Yeah, yeah, there's lots more people to help. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, folks. That's what today is about. Today, the National Day of Prayer for this is Texas, Texans and Louisianans, they put their own lives in danger they, to save the lives of strangers, not just strangers, but their pets. The people's pets, cats, dogs, hermit crabs, turtles, whatever's in the house, birds, their pets and their livestock. Do you know how many livestock are standing on a space? They're all together, hundreds and hundreds. I'll remind you, Texas is cattle country, and there are hundreds of cattle huddled in a space. They haven't eaten in five to seven days. They will soon die if they don't get fresh, clean water and they don't get food. And these people are risking their lives going through all these places. Several of them have been killed looking through houses. They pull up to a house, they tie their boat off, they go through and they step on a live wire or they get electrocuted before they started shutting off the electric to the place. That's what these people are doing. Tens of thousands of people who, listen, if it hadn't been for this Cajun Navy, tens of thousands of people would be dead, folks. Tens of thousands of people would be dead if not for these regular people. Now, I want to say this. The psalmist had something to say about this, the sacredness. Because I believe those people, those regular folks, folks just like me that like hunting, and uh, I, I would say I like fishing, but I don't know how to do it very well. Uh, my son's going to show me more about that. But hunting, fishing, being outdoors, outdoorsy types. But some would call me a redneck. Fair enough. That's fine. Two doctorate degrees. If you want to call me a redneck, that's fine. I'll take it. I am kind of a redneck, a little bit, country boy. And that's all stuff I like, camo and all that. Come on, bring it on. Country music, I'll take it. But I'm going to tell you this, those folks are heroes, and they're heroes because they believed in the sacredness of life, all life. The white fellas didn't go up and say, oh, now there's black folk in there? No, I can't help you all. I only rescue white folk. No. Did you see any of the video of the, the men carrying these? There's this one that breaks my heart. He is carrying, and I missed it the first time. He's carrying this little tiny black lady and, and, and on her lap. Now, he's carrying her through waist-deep water. And on her lap is her little doll that's all huddled up in little. He's carrying them both and going to put them gently in the boat. You'll be all right, ma'am. You're going to be all right. And nobody asked what color you were. Life is sacred. You hear all this talk. Listen, today on Fox News, I love seeing this. Today, this morning, isn't it right? Today, this morning, we were sitting there watching, and all of a sudden, Clayton Morris, awesome guy. If you don't know who Clayton Morris is, he's a wonderful man. Clayton Morris and um, Abby, her name's not Huntsman anymore. Dad is John Huntsman, world-famous billionaire, Huntsman Institute for Cancer Research. He has since passed away of cancer. Uh, and um, former Army Major uh, Pete Hegseth, great guy, great guy. And they're sitting there on the curvy couch. And they've got a guy on, uh, on, you know, they're interviewing. I think he's a pastor. And they just say, let's, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now for this. Let's pray right here and right now for it on international television, Fox News Channel. So let's pray. Let me tell you something. Our last president, or if we got a different result this time around, that wouldn't have happened. I guarantee you that wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. 
don't think the sacred isn't important. The psalmist had something to say about the sacred. Psalm 33, rejoice in Adonai, you righteous. Praise is well suited to the upright. Give thanks to Adonai with the lyre. Sing praises to him with a ten-stringed harp. Sing to him a new song. Make music at your best among shouts of joy. For the word of Adonai is true, and all his works are praiseworthy and trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the grace of Adonai. By the word of Adonai, the heavens were made, and their whole host by a breath from his mouth. He collects the seawaters together in a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear Adonai. Let all living in the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and there it was. He commanded, there it stood. Adonai brings to nothing the plans of nations. He foils the plans of the peoples. But the counsel of Adonai stands forever. His heart's plans are for all generations. How blessed is the nation whose God is Adonai, the people he chose as his heritage. Adonai looks out from heaven. He sees every human being. From the place where he lives, he watches everyone living on earth. He who fashioned the hearts of them all and understands all that they do. A king is not saved by the size of his army, a strong man not delivered by his great strength. To rely on a horse for safety is vain, nor does great power assure escape. But Adonai's eyes watch over those who fear him, over those who wait for his grace to rescue them from death and keep them alive in famine. We are waiting for Adonai. He is our help and shield. For in him our hearts rejoice, because we trust in his holy name. May your mercy, Adonai, be over us, because we put our hope in you. Remember the sacred, my friends. Revive the sacred in the United States. If you're in the United States, put it in your heart right now to revive the sacred here in this country. And for those of you who are listening to my voice all around the world, revive the sacred in your country as the storms of weather swirl in the atmosphere and as the evil hearts of evil leaders around the world move their fingers toward the blade of death and the button of destruction, we must reconnect our hearts to the souls of the sacred. Here in the United States of America, we have many sacred things that are being desecrated by people who have no understanding or respect to the sacred. Our national flag, under which heroes have given their lives, is being burned and stomped on. Our national anthem, the star-spangled banner, the patriotic music of our nation, our soldiers have stood at attention upon the first note of that sacred hymn with moistened eyes as they remember the sacrifices of their brothers and sisters at arms. And they will stand as I stand as a veteran at full attention until the very last note is played. But now, rich, entitled sports stars disrespect the thousands of graves across the American veteran cemeteries all across this country, all across the world. The American flag on their uniformed shoulder is the same flag that flies during the national anthem before the games are played for which they are paid millions of United States of America dollars. Is there nothing sacred anymore? Is there no shame anymore? 
The Tanakh says this, and it reads this way, and I think it's powerfully important. If my people, upon whom my name is called, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Folks, we have lost the sacred in the United States of America. And I will tell you this, all the countries in Europe that are struggling so terribly right now, so terribly right now, if you look, they are ones that have rejected God for modern man. They have rejected the sacred for modern man. Then I want you to take a look back at Israel, a tiny, tiny state with very few people in it. And I want you to remember that Israel stood before. Israel stands today. And Israel will always stand because Israel holds sacred that which God ordained. My friends, we absolutely must compel ourselves to stand for the sacred or we will fall for anything. Thank you for joining us today. I so appreciate it. I'm honored. All the people in the different nations that listen around the world, I'm just honored. Please send us a note. Let us know where you're from. I love hearing all the different places. Um, also, remember, thank you, Jerry, uh, we're going to be switching platforms. Uh, we'll be on both this week, redundant, and then by the end of next week, hopefully everyone will have switched over to this thing called Spreaker. Uh, we've entered into a contract with them today, and, and our goal is to make it easier for you to listen, have a better experience overall. That's what we want to do, and that's what we're working toward. We're going to have two apps, one for Android, one for iPhone, um, and that's going to be in development. So thank you so much for listening. God bless you and keep you. We'll talk to you on Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for joining us today.